0: and welcome to thursday morning so great to have you along as you uh, got up this morning your list of chores likely included shoveling scraping windows oh yeah and packing lunches for the kids (laughs) lunch supervision is back on as you know uh big news that came out yesterday the teachers in the province are back at the table late in the day yesterday that came out which meant lunchtime supervision is back on today SDF is suspending all of its strike action. They're back at the table as of Monday. So they kicked the snow off their boots after a full day of strike in a part of the province yesterday. Uh, the province has reached out a new mandate. Yet to know exactly what it is, although we are getting hints of that. The teachers invited back to the table. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that later in the show. And uh, we've talked about the fact that there's lots of different ways to handle class complexity. We're looking outside of our borders. Uh, We'll check in with, uh, with someone who can give us an understanding of how it has been handled in three or four other provinces, what they've attempted to do, whether or not it's working. That'll be a check-in later on in the show. Well, people are also still talking about the recent announcement of four more top provincial government politicians announcing their retirement. So this morning, as we talk about that, we're checking in with the University of Saskatchewan political studies professor to get his thoughts as to whether or not is this indicative of anything or is it just... People stepping aside, their time is up, and uh, they want to give more time for people that will be stepping into the role to get ready for the upcoming election later this this fall. Oh, uh, By the way, I want to give a quick shout out to Team Canada. They beat the U.S. last night, Game 5 of that rivalry series. Uh, happened in Saskatoon. 4-2 was the final score there. That means the series is 3-2 in favor of the U.S. Game 6 goes tomorrow night in Regina and then moves to Minnesota on Sunday. And a lot of people were on hand at SaskTel Center to enjoy that last night. All right, let's move on now to the Big Talker. Let's get down of business, shall we? Welcome. Let's begin. The Evan Bray Show. The Big Talker. Well, emergency room challenges have been in the news a lot lately. We've seen it happening certainly in the big cities in Saskatoon and Regina. The Saskatchewan Health Authority came out with a capacity action plan for both cities now, recently, we're hearing about a traumatic situation in another hospital. It's the uh, St. Paul's Hospital in Saskatoon, a waiting room, prompted nurses to enact a last resort measure to sound an alarm about overcapacity and patient safety. A patient goes into respiratory arrest on Monday morning at St. Paul's Hospital in the emergency waiting room. So they weren't triaged in. They weren't uh, actually in a room. They were actually in the waiting room. There was no space behind the ER doors, four beds were already in the hallway, so the situation triggered nurses to stop the line. That's a phrase that originated from basically the manufacturing industry where assembly lines can be stopped if there's an emergency. I wanted to check in with a couple of people this morning. My first guest is Tracy Zambori, president of the Saskatchewan Union of Nurses, and Tracy joins us this morning. Thank you so much for taking our call, Tracy. Oh, absolutely! How are you? I'm I'm good. It's good to chat with you. So, has this ever been done before in Saskatchewan? This whole notion of stop the line?
1: Not to this extent. And you know, I've had further conversation with uh, the registered nurses that were involved in that, and it was so it was really a combination of they talked about stop the line, and they also uh, were looking through the occupational health and safety because the two are quite tied uh to uh the right to refuse dangerous work because we had gotten to the point where uh the members felt that their patient safety wasn't at such incredible risk i mean think about it think about a waiting room because let's let's all picture what a waiting room is a waiting room is a place that has chairs in it and when and there is no life saving equipment there's no nothing so when someone goes into a code which is what happened in the emergency room which means they they're they're having a life threatening situation play out where their life could end very quickly, so people have to then take action in the middle of a waiting room. Imagine the trauma on the patient, the trauma on the people who are having to witness it, who wouldn't normally have to witness that, and the, and the registered nurses that are, that are trying to save someone's life in
0: the middle of a waiting room. Tracy Zambori is my guest this morning, president of the Saskatchewan Union of Nurses. So, you know, I was thinking about this, Tracy. I, I think back to all my years, and I spent lots of time in emergency rooms uh, while wearing my police uniform. It's pretty common in an emergency ward for a crisis to happen. Granted, not necessarily in the waiting room, but a crisis happens and basically it's, you know, it's impressive actually to see what happens. Nurses drop everything, it's all hands on deck, everybody mm-hmm. deals with the crisis. That happens fairly regularly. So, how is this situation different?
1: Well, the situation is different in the fact that, you know, can someone come into the waiting room and drop to the floor in a code? 100%. But the reason why someone who was that incredibly sick actually wasn't on the other side of the doors. Is that the other side of the doors were full to capacity, mm-hmm. there were uh, already we already had thirty patients admit no bed, which means the rest of the hospital was full, uh, and this is this is where this problem is all really stemming from Evan, and I think we really need to be willing to unpack. Was this a, a horrific situation? Yes, but the sad part is this is not a new experience for St Paul's Hospital to be this over capacity, 200% over capacity. Um, 65 patients, 33 beds, 30 admits waiting to get up into the wards. And, you know, you're, I, I'm sure you're going to be speaking with the health authority and they're going to extol the virtues and the victories of this capacity plan. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the majority of what they've talked about in that capacity plan is recycled, it's old uh, old announcements and it's not translating to the front line. They're going to talk about how we have got, um, you know, more staff. But so I want to be clear, this, this situation that happened uh, that led to this is not about a staffing issue. They had staff. Mm-hmm. They had too many patients to look after. And I think we also, I also want people to understand that they have more staff because the registered nurses forced them through a negotiated process in the collective agreement to get more staff. So you know i I just want to make sure that we're all you know talking from from the same from the same level playing field that we got there because we're not looking at the system as a whole we're not able to find ourselves um, getting patients that require to be admitted up into the wards because the medicine floor is as over capacity as the emergency room with beds in the hallway and not able to admit. So they, you know, they try to discharge people, but we've, we've got a system in absolute crisis, worst nursing shortage ever. So we've, you know, in the last decade for sure, and we put people then, we dis, we discharge people who likely aren't ready to be discharged. They're there oftentimes for a chronic illness that's become acute and um, they need care, they're discharged too early, they go into the community, and the community also, home care, public health, community mental health, is also in a shortage. So they're not being able to connect with people in the community that they need to, and then what happens? We're back to the emergency room. And I think another important point to make here is the amount of... of, of uh, Rural facilities that are having to go on bypass. In this particular situation, Ross Thern for about the third or fourth time was on bypass. Ross Thern Hospital is a huge catchment area for people. And the minute those rural facilities have to go on bypass because of lack of staff, whether it's physician, registered nurse, or, you know, lab techs, those people come into the city and they end up in the emergency room. And these are the things that the capacity plan is not dealing
0: with. Tracy Zambori is my guest this morning, president of the Saskatchewan Union of Nurses. So there's a couple of things, Tracy, I want to, I want to dig into that you just talked about. So is there a protocol in place right now? You know, I heard you say that on this particular day, on Monday, staffing wasn't the issue. You were fully staffed with nurses. It was a capacity problem. You were overcrowded. You had too many patients. What is the protocol for er staff we know that there were numerous phone calls made to saskatoon fire uh, department right. that day some of them were from people in the waiting room some of right. them were from family members who had loved ones in the emergency ward but some of them were also mm-hmm. from staff so is there a protocol in place
1: well the protocol is hopefully that there's communication but there is there's always protocol for safety right there's a protocol in place there we're not to have beds in the hallways and and unfortunately when the stop the line or the uh, right to refuse came because that's the protocol you know management came they were helping out at triage but part of what they did was put more beds in hallways so unfortunately in the capacity plan one of the one of their targets at the end of january was to no longer have beds in hallways but uh, but part of the plan part of the way to try to get ourselves out of this mess was to put more beds in the hallways. So is are there safety protocols in place? Yes, there are. And that's what the registered nurses felt they had no other choice but to try to enact. And uh, that's, you know, that's where we find ourselves here. That's why we find ourselves talking about this.
0: So, Tracy, you know, I, I think about, I know there's an occupational health and safety now uh, follow-up mm-hmm. investigation that's being done. Um, yeah. it, here, here's my question. You can bring in an occupational health and safety investigator. You can put together, you know, capacity action plans. You can hire more nurses. That's not a very quick fix, though. That's not a short-term fix. What are we going to do in the interim? You know, even if we can get the ball rolling on all of the complex needs that this, that basically we need to fix the healthcare system in the province, this is not turning around tomorrow. And people are in that emergency ward today needing help. And so what is the short-term fix to this?
1: Well, unfortunately, Evan, we have uh, gotten past a point where there is there really is a short-term fix. There really, we're to the point where there isn't one. There isn't one. We're going to have to, but, but what we can do right now is we can stand up a nursing task force that we've spoken with uh, the premier, with uh, Minister Hindley, with Andrew Will, the CEO of the, of the health region, and start having these important conversations with the registered nurses that are on the front line so we don't find ourselves in a position where people are so desperate, they think the only opportunity they have to get listened to, because people, registered nurses are telling me that they are not being listened to and they are not being heard. So we want to have a short term fix quickly. That's having these important conversations. And it's not a group of managers all of a sudden traipsing down to a unit, a facility or an agency saying, what can we do? It is about that long term conversation where we can set up this nursing task force and we can actually start asking registered nurses, what can we do to fix your workplace? What is going wrong? And take the, and listen to the people who are actually doing the work. Now, the manager showing up, the members uh, of the emergency room at St. Paul's are very thankful that ma- managers will come and they will they will roll up their sleeves and work with them. Absolutely, uh, you know, and that that is a good thing that happened. But registered nurses need to be listened to, and and uh, many across this province are telling me they are not being listened to. They're being put in. Uh, they they feel like uh, every day they're being uh, made work in situations that are very unsafe. That patient safety is always at risk, and nothing is changing. You know, we we announced these capacity plans because there was also one announced in Regina and nothing is translating to the front line. Uh, Is there, you know, are they going to tell you there's things that that have changed? Well, yes, there's probably been some, but it hasn't translated enough. Here we are, you know, uh, quite a few weeks since the Saskatoon capacity plan has been announced and we're finding ourselves uh, talking once again about the horrific conditions that
0: are that are happening at St. Paul's Emergency. Tracy, I unfortunately we've run out of time. I, I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. I am curious, and, and we don't even have time to get into this, about uh, others, other than nurses, are there other support workers that could help take some workload off of nurses? This is very similar to the conversation we're having with teachers just uh, right. in, in the healthcare stream. But we'll uh, save that conversation for another time. Um, thank you very much for taking the time right, for taking well,
1: I call. Think, I think that's where the nursing task force could unpack that and we could figure that out
0: sure thanks thanks tracy tracy zambori president of the saskatchewan union of nurses we are going to check in with the saskatchewan health authority we've got john ash who's going to be joining us the vice president of integrated health services for saskatoon coming up just after nine right here on 650 ckom and 980 cjme